0: Player one, press
1: start to play. places. Oh, no! Stand back, son, or you can go to Toys R Us. Toys R Us has the world's biggest selection of Nintendo games and accessories at everyday low prices. Next time, let's just come to Toys R Us.
0: Yeah. Hello everyone. Welcome to episode number 33 of Graveyard Duck Podcast. With you as always, my name is Scott, and I'm Wes. Wes, how you been doing, man? Good, good. How about yourself? Not bad. Got a yeah. little bit of a delay coming up with this episode, but um, that's okay. You know, life gets in the way every now and then, and I think we got listeners who are understanding and willing to put up with a couple of days'
1: delay. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes just the uh, the technical challenges. There's not much you can do if your internet is being crappy, so right, you have to push it back a day or two.
0: Yep. So uh, we're back now and talking about another fun classic, which I. Hell, isn't this one of those that you've been bouncing off the wall to do since we first started
1: the show? Yes, absolutely. I'm <laughs> my favorite, so I'm like, man, we've got to do this game. We got to cover it.
0: Yep. So uh, obviously, from the show description, we are talking about River City Ransom for the NES. Um, God, it's going to take me a minute here to go through all of the release dates and titles and everything. Not <laughs> yeah. nearly as confusing as Final Fantasy Adventure last time, so don't don't worry right. there. But um, that takes the cake so far. Yeah, it might set the record for everything leading up or going on forward. But um, yeah, River City Ransom, as we know it, uh, was released originally in Japan in 1989, um, known as Nekutsu Mon- uh, Monogatari, which translates to hot blooded story, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was in 89. The U.S., we got it. Uh, about a year later, 1990, and in Europe they got it in 1991, uh, titled Street Gangs in Europe. Uh, and since then, it's also gotten several re-releases over the years. Uh, it was ported to the Sharp X68000 in Japan uh, in April of 1990. PC Engine, they got a version of it in '93. Game Boy Advance, we got it in 2004. And then it's also hit the Wii Virtual Console 2007 and the 3DS Virtual
1: Console in 2012, mm. 2013. So the, there's a remake, uh, River City Ransom Underground on Steam. Yes, that's true, too. Yeah, um, yeah the,
0: all the versions that I mentioned are pretty much just a straight port. Um, although I don't know the Game Boy Advance version. Is that any different? Yeah, it's um, it's
1: sort of, a, uh, I guess, a 16-bit makeover. Okay. Yeah. yes
0: So, yeah, the game is out there. It's available. Uh, the Wii Virtual Console is now defunct, which is still kind of weird to say, but uh, it's on the 3DS. And mm-hmm. here before too long, we should be seeing the uh, Switch uh, Kunio Kun Collection coming out, I believe, maybe
1: next year. Um, It'll be sometime. Um, the localization was announced, but I don't know. I haven't heard anything more about it. If you've yeah. got a Japanese virtual con- or Japanese 3DS, I know um, they had a Kunio-kun collection last year that had all of the NES games on it, and I'm pretty sure that's what this version is going to be. So I'm hoping that we get it eventually. But uh, the way that the licensing kind of works now with this uh, with this series, um, I think it's uh, Naxat Soft or Natsume that has the license. So mm-hmm. sometimes their stuff just kind of comes out. Uh, you know, there's a release date, but it's usually. And this series is pretty niche now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the fans of the series are ones that have probably played it since the beginning, so um, they're kind of low profile releases. But I'm really hoping that we get it here.
0: Well, and before we dump jump into the game itself, I wanted to talk a little bit about the kind of whole series because it's one of those things that I don't think that. I mean, that a lot of our listeners are probably very aware of the series, but there's a lot of people, myself included, that. I you know, I wasn't aware of the different games that were considered part of this same franchise because they're not directly related in an obvious way. Um yeah. but the, the series itself is called, you know, just Kunio Kun, mm-hmm. which that's based off the main character in
1: the Japanese version is named Kunio. Right. Yeah, uh, Kunio and Riki are the, the two characters in the Japanese version, which right. you know, is Alex and Ryan here. Yes. Uh,
0: and then Kun is just kind of a suffix that's a male tag that you put out on a name, you know, kind of a casual suffix there. So yeah. it's basically just a series like of. Your
1: honorific, sort of. of. Yeah. It's
0: a series of Kunio, is what it is. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the games that we've had here in the US, I mean, this spans NES, Genesis, TurboGrafx, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, DS. Um, And I don't remember exactly which ones of these have all been localized, but if you're familiar with any of these titles, uh, Renegade, Super Dodgeball, River City Ransom, Nintendo World Cup, uh, Crash and the Boys, Street Challenge, those are all NES titles that are part of this. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the Genesis or TurboGrafx versions we got over here, the Game Boy uh, Double Dragon 2 is actually a game in this franchise, not a Double Dragon game. Um, there was River City Ransom EX for the Game Boy Advance, Super Dodgeball Brawlers for the DS. So, th- a lot of those games, especially the ones that are more sports-driven, like you know Super Dodgeball, Nintendo World Cup, uh, Crash of the Boys, like you would never think that they're connected to all of these just you know street brawler games, but it's all the
1: same world. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing with the way that they were localized originally here, because when I played some of the other games in the series, then. It was always, oh, look, these guys look like the characters from River City Ransom. You know, not really connecting uh, the two because there there wasn't a connection. You know, with our games, they were just Americanized, localized, and released. And so, like, you just kind of recognize the characters almost like, oh, you know, the characters in Nintendo World Cup look like the characters from Super Dodgeball. Right.
0: Yeah, and when I was a kid, uh, the first game in this franchise that I ever played was Super Dodgeball.
1: Okay. And
0: I rented that one all the time it was just a complete random blind grab and i thought it was one of the most fun games i had ever played and just had an absolute blast with it and uh then yeah years later when i started seeing some of these other games i'm like wait those
1: are the dodgeball guys <laughs> yeah. yep yeah my first one was uh first one i rented was renegade and i didn't like it very much uh back then i just i thought it was kind of a crack game because mm-hmm. uh, it seemed like renegade was you know one of those games that it had really good box art and it was always available to rent and then you rented it and took it home and it's like oh now i know why nobody rented it because it wasn't very good like it's, and it's super short you know where it's like but there's like about four levels and you're done so but over time then i, I started to gain a little bit more appreciation for it. it's like okay this is this is the first in the series you know i i get it now and it's i don't know it's just different you know right, so. right.
0: All right, but uh, we're here to talk about River City Ransom, so let's jump into that a little bit here. Um, as far as any nostalgia for this game, um, this this was your pick this week, so I'll let you mm-hmm. kind of
1: jump on this first. Tell me about when you first played this or what you remember of it as a kid. Yeah, I had this game as a kid. I don't remember for sure if it was uh, Christmas or a birthday present, but uh, had it, loved it. Um, it was one of those games that... I read the manual just you know cover to cover all the time because it was just it was awesome and there's something about uh, the gameplay that i just loved where it was you know you beat up enemies you get money and then you go into the shops and you start buying things and this is actually um one of the games that i used to play with my mom occasionally and she didn't play a whole lot of games but uh you know occasionally there'd be ones that oh you know let's let's play two-player or whatever so we would play this and it was funny because like, I would always want to advance the story and you know, beat up enemies and stuff like that. And I always remember like she had more fun, like just walking around the, the malls and like trying to like talk to the characters and kind of like miming voices and stuff like that. And it, it, like, it would always make me so mad. Like, come on, let's go. We, we gotta get going. We gotta, you know, beat the next character. And I think she just like walking around and just kind of having fun with the game. So Yeah. Uh, which is fun, you know. It's a fun memory to have. So, um, especially later on in the game, like when you get to like the sauna, like she just thought that was just hilarious. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it just, I just I have a lot of fond memories of, of playing this game, and it's one that I still I still go back to quite a bit. Um, in fact, I'm not as good as it at it now, but when I used to play it as a kid, like I had it down. I could beat it in probably about 15 minutes if I if I knew what I was doing. I could speed run from the beginning of the game all the way to the end without hardly getting any power-ups and it gets really tough if you don't do that but uh yeah it was just i loved it it was so much fun
0: you know i love when there's games
1: that you
0: do that with that you've just played them so much that you know you kind of find other ways to <clears throat> you know kind of blitz through them mm-hmm. i've done that many times with metroid and legend of zelda where it's almost like minimalist runs or how fast can i get through and mm-hmm you know it's games that you know that well that's that's a really rewarding
1: kind of thing so that's that's cool that this is one of your games for that yeah and i think i think it really lends itself to that because there's a crap load of items that you can buy in the stores there's a ton of different abilities that you can buy and your your money is kind of limited unless you find the spots to grind and and find the right mobs to uh, to defeat but it really does lend itself to a variety of play styles you know right. Do you go and get Stone Hands and Dragon Feet first? Do you get Acro Circus first? Uh, do you just skip all those and go, like, you know, get Grand Slam first? I mean, it just depends. And so that's what makes it really fun for me is figuring out, like, okay, what kind of play style do I want? You know, do I want to grab the lead pipe and just, you know, destroy everybody with it? Or do I want to uh, flip around with Acro Circus? You just, there's so many different varieties to it. And that's what makes it a game that I keep coming back to.
0: Right. Um, So confession for me, this was actually the first time I've really sat down and played through this. Um, I never rented it growing up. I did have a friend who had it. Um, He was really into it. I think I've talked about him before. Uh, And when I was in like fourth or fifth grade, he was my buddy who uh, moved over here from Japan, Mm -hmm. brought the Kirby's Dream Land, you know, Japanese version. And he had this game. And he was really into it. And I think partly because he was familiar with the rest of the franchise. Sure. Um, and I, I don't remember whether the version he had was an NES or a Famicom version. I don't, mm. I don't think he had the Famicom. So I think it was NES, but um, yeah, he loved it and kept telling me like, Oh, you've got to try this. You've got to try it. And I don't know, there was just something about it that didn't quite sell me. Mm. Um, And, you know, I loved Double Dragon, and I think I compared a lot of things to that. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, this was one that I just thought, like, eh, maybe later. And, you know, the artwork really kind of turned me off, the like, the box art itself. Uh, And I think that that's, you know, a lot of those, like, very Americanized artworks, like, that we love to make fun of now. Like, yeah, this is a
1: perfect example
0: of that. And I just...
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Well, especially, like, I mean, if you look at the American box art, like, Everybody on this cover looks to be about 25, 30 years old. Right. Much like, I mean, you'd watch any movie in the 80s where, you know, like, high schoolers were like, you know, 40-year-old Ted McGinley. You know yeah, what I mean? mean Amer- Emilio Estevez was, you know, in high school for like a decade. Right, right. Yeah. In fact, it, the main character kind of looks like him a little bit. A little
0: bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, something about this game just never really appealed to me. I never gave it a fair shot so i can't say that like it was the gameplay that turned me off i just never Hmm. sought it out Hmm. Um, and you know it came out for the virtual consoles and i've gone on record as saying i was a big collector of those and but you know i frequently bought virtual console games you know more rapidly than i could consume them Mm -hmm. so this was one that kind of just got put in the back and I never really got around to it. And it was kind of just the, every time I saw it recently, especially I was like, ah, you know, I should finally give that game a shot because I hear so many good things about it. I knew you loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of like, well, maybe I should start playing this. And I had kind of started playing it a little bit before the episode was decided. And that's when you said, well, hell, if you're yeah. playing it anyway, like now's, right. now's the time. So yeah, I have played through it now since, we started during the episode, but that's that's my first time through. Hmm.
1: crazy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really curious to know your thoughts then, um, approaching this for the first time. Uh, so I'll say that I, I, I fall
0: kind of in the middle of the whole thing. Hmm. Um, I think that it's a great game. And I definitely agree with kind of what you were saying as you, you know, telling stories about how you found different ways to speed run it and kind of customize your strategy it is 100 percent a game that lends itself to that mm-hmm. um and i really like that there's so much variation so many different ways to go uh i compared it to double dragon before but it's so much deeper than that because it's not just a linear go beat up the bosses and then move on to the next stage mm-hmm. um, it's almost like this is to double dragon what castlevania 2 is to castlevania you know where you've okay. got more shopping and towns and varied paths that you could take and i think that all of that is really good and something that could really be dug into uh i would say on the other side of the coin that this is the kind of game that uh how do i say this like i think that had i discovered this as a kid my love and appreciation for it would be a lot higher um it's not that i didn't appreciate it but like there's just this struck me as that kind of game that having that history with it would have enhanced it even more. Hmm. Um, So yeah, I liked it. I think the biggest thing that turned me off from it, or I would say maybe my only real complaint with it is that I was two thirds of the way through the game before I even figured out what the hell I was supposed to be doing. Um, I don't think it gives you a ton of guidance or explanation. Um, The instruction book helps a little bit, but it's kind of like, I'm going along expecting to just kind of go through this linear thing. And actually, I think I texted you at one point cause I had made it to the school mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I can't even get in here. And, and right. I didn't even fully realize that that was where I was supposed to end up. Uh-huh. So I'm just like, okay, I'll go back and find another path and eventually realize like, yep, I've covered all of the paths. So I've been everywhere, but I can't seem to progress anything. So I didn't know what I was doing it seemed like maybe the plot was to clear out all of the gangs because like every, every time you go into a different screen it's like this is the squids turf or the generic guys turf so i'm like okay you're trying to like one by one defeat each of these gangs well i beat one of the gang bosses at one point and i'm like oh so that means that the frat guys aren't going to show up anymore well the frat guys still showed up so i was like okay that's not what my goal is mm-hmm. and i don't know it just kind of was like it took me a while to actually figure out what it was that I was supposed to do and how to accomplish it. Um, and once I figured that out, it's like, okay, now a second time or a second playthrough would be more in- rewarding, but it was, it was a very frustrated experience there for a while hmm. playing through it. Um, same thing with when you get into town, like you said, there's so many different things that you could buy, but it was almost overwhelming because I didn't know what I should buy or what any of it did um like some of the food like is is boosting your stats which that's very obvious but i was not aware of the fact that like those stat boosts are permanent mm. so it's like okay should i start buying this stuff to build up my stats or is it i you know save my money and only buy stuff right before i go fight a boss um there's these books that you get like i got that acro circus book but it took me quite a while to figure out like what that even unlocked like i didn't see the move that i had learned from it Mm -hmm. um so there's there's just lots of little things like that that seemed to what's the best so like it's the kind of game where if you had a friend who was playing this with you when you were a kid and you were over at their house Mm -hmm. they would have told you all of those things yeah they would have said oh now go buy this book because it does this and then yeah buy lots of this type of food because it boosts your this stat which helps this and like having just that friend over your shoulder kind of telling you what to do a little bit would have changed this a lot Um, compared to going in blind. Mm. It's really
1: overwhelming. And like I said, I was confused
0: for a very large percentage of the
1: game. Okay. I can see where that comes from. I mean, there's obviously a bit of analysis paralysis with the sheer amount of items that are available. Mm -hmm. Uh, But looking at like looking at the manual, for instance, like it does tell you a little bit about what some of the stuff does. Uh, like it, it describes what Acro Circus does, you know, if you, uh, turn a normal running jump into a spinning acrobatic attack, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So, uh, I think it's, it's a mixture of, you know, uh, finding what the manual says and also kind of discovering things on your own too, a little bit. Right. it's just, you know, like I said that, but I get where you're coming from because you haven't really, you, you didn't play it before. So getting into it for the first time, there is kind of that sort of a, kind of a wall almost of, of what, do you, what do you have to do and what order, and it's kind of nonlinear and, and almost like Metroid style, uh, as far as the progression is concerned. Now, the, the first part of the game, when you get to the bridge, um, the, the girlfriend will kind of tell you a little bit as far as, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to, you know, uh, beat the bosses and, and get to the high school and get, you know, get to the, uh, the end. But then from there you just have to kind of discover uh, where the bosses sort of are, and usually, right. like you said, you try to clear out each screen, uh, you know, until a boss appears, and that's a good strategy to go with in the beginning because uh, the first one I think shows up in the first construction site area, something where, like that, yeah, yeah. So if you clear out all the enemies in the first area, um, I think it's moose that's the first the first boss there, and you'll know that you're doing something right because the music changes to the boss music. And then each character, like as you beat the bosses, then they'll kind of give you a clue as to the um, the next guy that you have to beat and where they're located. So then it's a matter of just kind of discovering, okay, uh, you know, like if you get a little bit farther, I think you get to the warehouse and uh, I think you have to beat, uh, I think it's Rocco in the warehouse. And then he says, oh, so-and-so is waiting for you in Sherman Park. And you have to go back and think, okay, where was Sherman Parks? And you have to go back several screens to the left, and then there's the park, and then the boss is in there. So it's just, it's a matter of kind of, as you play through, you kind of figure out where these bosses appear, and then you have that order of, okay, I'm going to go here and do this, I'm going to go over here and do that. Uh, so it just, I get where you're coming from, though. Uh, it just it's a little it, different. It doesn't, you, hold you know, up and really it, at all.
0: Yeah, and it's also the kind of game where this is not, this is not unique. You know this problem. Um, it's just that the other games that would have also been like this are ones I had experience with. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But you know, as I'm as we're kind of talking, I'm thinking about Simon's Quest, Legend of Zelda, Metroid. Are all three perfect examples of games like this where, if you didn't have that initial experience playing them as a kid, or you know somebody telling you what to do, and you just were dropped into the middle of this game now as an adult you'd be completely lost and overwhelmed. Um, In fact, I think one of our listeners, we were talking about playing legend of Zelda and he's like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing because he never played it as a kid. um, And without, you know, books or guides or something like that, like how do you learn this stuff? There's no tutorials in the game. The intro screen is very vague. Um, And all of those games are examples of ones where it's just kind of like go and, Mm. You know, when when you think back to it, it's just something we take for granted. But how did we learn that? How did we learn that in, you know, Simon's Quest, you're supposed to go to the right first and not the left? Because, well, it's because we've done it a thousand times. But you know what I mean? Like It's it's trial
1: and error. And that's really, I think, if you look at the way that that these classic games are designed versus newer games that, you know, kind of emphasize tutorials and, and gradually ease you into the game, uh, if you look at a lot of early games, there wasn't a lot of substance to them. Like if, once you get really good at them, um, you could get through them pretty quickly. And I think that's where sort of the uh, the lack of tutorials kind of stems from is there's a sense of discovery in older games where they want you to try to try things and figure things out because there's not really that much to the game. Once you, you know, if you tutorialize everything and kind of lay it all out, you'd, you'd grasp it right away and go, okay, I... I get this and I'm going to run to the uh, run through the game really quick. Right. And I think there but I see where you're coming from on that. But also I think that that sense of mystery and that sense of discovery is still something that's very important because yes. uh, you know, we, we've all have, we all have stories of games that we enjoyed growing up where the rumor mill was always really strong. Like, Oh, if you do this, then this guy appears. If you do this, this guy appears. And none of that stuff was necessarily true, but you know, thinking of like Legend of Zelda, for instance, it it just adds to sort of the mysticism of it. Of okay, maybe if I bomb this wall, something will happen, or you know what I mean? Right. right. And and That's yeah, I'm I'm not being critical. I'm not being critical of that
0: kind of game at all. I think that those are the best games. It's just this is the first time that I've come at one as an adult, you know, without mm-hmm. having that you know history with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had every issue of Nintendo Power growing up too, but. I never really read about this game because it just wasn't something that I was really that interested in. So I kind of skipped those classified informations or counselor's corners. Or if I read them, it meant nothing to me because Mm. I wasn't familiar with it. So, yeah, when I picked this up three weeks ago, I mean, that was literally the first time I had ever pressed start on this game um so yeah it's 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 kind of cool that that was something i got to experience because it is so rare now and yeah yeah, modern games are just going to give you a tutorial or it's a game you've heard so much about that even if you've never played it you already know everything about it just because it's been so mainstream for decades Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just it's interesting being on the other side of that which is something that i haven't been able to say for
1: 20 30 years yeah so yeah i get you i mean it's it's just different, you know. Um, and especially if something like this, uh, you, you're just kind of encouraged to take your time and experiment and, and see, you know, where the bosses appear. And on the other side of it, if a boss doesn't appear, at least you beat up a bunch of enemies and you've gained money. Right. And then you take that money and then go and, you know, buy power-ups. So, uh, you know, even that's the other nice thing. If you want to do like a almost like a completionist run, which would be really, really tough, but You know, there's certain screens that you could you could go and grind and and beat a bunch of enemies, go off the screen, come back, kill them all again, and make a bunch of money. Right. Right. Go and spend that. So.
0: Yeah, and there's a couple bosses that come back. Um, You know, I used as one of my kind of grinding tricks was the twins that are right in front of the sauna Mm -hmm. Uh, there at the end of the game. That was a great place to take them out because if they beat you up a little bit, you just walk into the sauna and for three dollars and fifty cents you can heal up. Um, Yep. And they, I forget, I think they, yeah, they give you two fifty each. So you're, you're still profiting even if you use the sauna each
1: time you go into that screen. But yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my typical strategy, um, was more, and it's a little bit tougher, but, um, if you go farther out, I usually try to find, um, at first I try to get to the mob, which is past the first warehouse and near like the, um, the bridge or near the tunnel there because the mob i mean they're tougher but they also drop lead pipes which are really really good weapons and they're each about 90 cents so if you if each person you beat you're making a little bit more mm-hmm. and if you go a little bit farther than that uh the squids are really good too and they're they're the ones wearing like the dark red shirts because they're a dollar a piece right so you could beat you know five or six of those if you've got a good strong weapon like the chain or the lead pipe and uh, make a bunch of money by that way. Now, the the drawback is the farther you get into the game, more aggressive the enemies are going to become. And right. in this game, when you die, you lose half of your money. So it's it kind of like, I mean, there's that risk-reward mechanic that we talk about in games a lot. And right. uh, this is another, I think, another good example of that, you know, kind of, again, not to bring up Dark Souls, because I feel like I do a lot, but this kind of has that mentality in it where it's, do I push myself a little bit further, you know, because I've got a lot of money and not a lot of health, but do I take that risk and go further to gain some more money to buy this awesome power up? Or should I just go back and recharge and stick to like a safe area? And that's, that's the other thing I like about it. Yeah.
0: Um, Another thing that I was going to say is a real positive of this game is if you take the time and you know i'm a huge advocate for this in every game but take the time to find and read the instruction manual Mm -hmm. man there is so much information in here yeah um i'm kind of flipping through it even now and i mean there's three pages just on moves that you Mm -hmm. can you do and that's not even all yeah exactly um but it's kind of fun like it's got the basic stuff you know just how to move how to sprint you know punch kick um sprinting jump pick up weapons throw weapons but then like there's a couple of these that i don't think i actually ever did in the game
1: mm-hmm.
0: um you can kick a weapon to send it across the screen Yep. you can uh do a basically jump off of a wall and attack never did that um you can ride the tires if you kind mm-hmm. of roll them like there's just so much to this game it's like it's really oh, yeah. well programmed in terms of just all the different things that you can pull off and maneuver that's um, the beauty of it
1: like especially if uh like for instance let's say like an enemy picks up a trash can you can if you're positioned right like let's say if you're up on the wall or something like that you can jump onto the trash can that the enemy is carrying and usually they start flipping out and they'll just start running back and forth on the screen so you're just being carried on this trash can you know throughout the screen so yeah you can start um, doing really hilarious things that way if You've got a lead pipe, you can hit weapons that they throw back at them yep
0: um, and I love that you can pick up enemies and swing them around like a baseball
1: bat mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and especially later on if you buy the uh, javelin man power up, you can uh, basically you just pick up an enemy and you just instead of just kind of throwing them on the ground in front of you, you just throw them like a uh, like a weapon almost so he just you know flies into other enemies and does a bunch of damage to them right. Yeah. Or if you do like, uh, let's say if you buy fatal steps and you knock an enemy down, you go right up to them, press a and B and you'll just kind of stomp on them a couple of times. Yeah. you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So it's fun that there's all of these different techniques that are kind of hidden in the game and you can learn them. You can buy the books to get, you know, even more, um, obviously lots of variety in terms of the different weapons that they drop and you could pick up, you know, rocks, tires, crates, trash cans, all that kind of stuff. But, um, Every one of those could be thrown or, you know, just swing it around. Swinging a trash can at
1: somebody is, you know, a, a, a new thing I've never seen before. But yeah, um, yeah. Do, uh, like if you run and kick a trash can, it seems like it does more damage than if you just kind of kick it standing. So sometimes mm-hmm. that could be a good strategy, too, or like the uh, wooden boxes or things like that. But you don't want to kick an item or throw it like near the edge of the screen because they always come back off the screen. Yep. so you end up taking some damage if you're in the in the way there done that many
0: times <laughs> yeah yep. um you know and then there's another huge aspect of this game which we talked about a little bit but that's the idea of your stats mm-hmm. so unlike something like double dragon where you just you know you punch kick and then have a health bar in this case if you go into the menu you have a whole stat list which shows you uh punch strength kick strength throwing strength, agility, defense, strength, willpower, stamina, and max power. Mm-hmm. And all of those kind of start off as a default you know, baseline number. And throughout the course of the game, you can kind of customize and get those built up. Now, it's not an XP system. It's actually every time you go into one of the towns, there's a whole series of different shops, uh, most of them food shops. There's like fast food and bakeries and sushi bars and things. But you buy different types of food. And consuming it will increase one or more of your different stats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you can really kind of customize the character that you want to build. If, you know, for example, you're like, like when I played through this, almost everything I did was punching. So mm-hmm. I found the foods that increase my punch strength and just focused on that. If I bought one, it's like, oh, this increased kick. It's like, okay, well, then I know not to buy that one again. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I picked up at one point, like really gave me a ton of throwing strength. Mm-hmm. So for a while I was throwing everything because that was stronger than my punch up until I could get my punch higher. But just the different ways that you can kind of customize it, it, it is really cool.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, especially and, like if you get your throw up really high, then just pick up a trash can or a box. If you throw it in an enemy, if your uh, stat is high enough, it's like a one-hit KO, pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's where my throw was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just throwing rocks and brass knuckles at people and clearing right. the screen. Like, Instant kill. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of different ways that you can play this and kind of customize. Um, again, it was uh, overwhelming at first because nobody tells you what any one of those pieces of food was is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of discover. Yep, it's it's a dry by error kind of thing and. You kind of figure it out over time and learn, you know, the, the, I learned a couple of different times. It's like, oh, I've been buying this because it increased the stats that I wanted. And then later realized there was a cheaper one that was, you know, increased them even more. So you kind of figure it out as you go. But um,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's And that's the, uh, I think that's the, the real hook of this game is, uh, you know, you beat up enemies, you collect money you defeat bosses and then you buy power-ups and you permanently increase your stats. And there's, there's a really rewarding loop there as far as, uh, you know, like you said, trying to discover different, different styles or, or leveling yourself up. And it's, it's totally good. And yeah. I would say too, I guess maybe the other thing that I really liked about this game growing up is it, since it was produced by Technos who produced double dragon for the NES and double dragon too. So, as is common with a lot of NES games, a lot of sound effects and sprite work are kind of similar, especially mm-hmm. if it's the same company. And that's one of the other things that I always liked about this game is that uh, the sound effects were very similar to Double Dragon, especially like the lead pipe. Like when you hear the lead pipe drop, yep. it's like, oh man, I remember like that's totally the sound from Double Dragon. And so it again, it scratches that itch, I guess, as far as uh, maybe just because I like these kind of games, but. Uh, just having those familiar sounds and, and familiar music, I think, really adds to it. So.
0: Well, I'm taking that even a step further. In this game, there's a couple uh, fun little Easter eggs and nods to Double Dragon. Oh, absolutely. Um, the one that I found for sure was right before you go into the um, the warehouse, that screen is basically the end of stage one in Double Dragon. Yep. Where you're kind of at that wall, the building's behind you. You got to beat the Lindas, and then you go in and fight, you know, Bobo. Um, it's the exact same screen, and mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious when I saw that. I even tried to climb the little ladder thing on the far right wall. <laughs> yeah, Definitely something about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I was Nick on social media was saying that there's another one even later in the game that you could find, and mm-hmm. I did not, I did not find that one, so I don't know what he was referring to, or I just
1: missed it. Did you have you cleared the game? Did you finish it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because uh, the there's a nice musical cue towards the end as well.
0: Oh, okay. Part of it, I was playing at work over lunch, so I didn't have the sound on.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. When you uh, spoiler alert, I guess, but the game's pretty old. But um, when you get close to the end of the game, and uh, you have to fight the twins, the uh, double dragon music starts playing. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So
0: time to take headphones to work.
1: Gotta get those headphones. <laughs> yeah the first time i heard that i was like oh my god that's great that's music. hilarious yeah yeah and the other thing i think talking about music and sound i think the other thing that really hooks me into a good beat-em-up is just the uh the punching sound effects and mm-hmm. the, like, the kick sound effects and i think that's another satisfying it's got a very satisfying like crunch to it so you just uh, i don't know it just makes you want to keep playing a little bit more you know right there's something about it. Well, and the
0: the other nice thing is that the controls are tight. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I think that that can be a really really frustrating part of these types of games, and you know, Double Dragon is one. Uh, Double Dragon two even more so, where I feel cheated a lot. Mm. And you know, if you're you're punching somebody and it's hard to like break that cadence, like once you kind of have committed to a uh, punching streak, you mm-hmm. can't stop. And then if somebody comes up behind you and punches you in the back of the head, it's like you're just trapped. Yeah. Um, I never felt like that was really the case here. Uh, the the gang members, from what I noticed, never came on the screen more than two at a time. Right. Um,
1: that was well, a hardware limitation, but yeah. Right,
0: yeah. I assumed it was just you know purely because of hardware. But it, it, it made it manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could very easily position yourself in such a way that they couldn't get you um or they weren't going to gang up on you um sometimes they did some cheap moves but i didn't feel like it was unfair where they might be off the screen to the right and they don't go ahead and throw an item at you and it's are just this chain just comes off from off screen and hits you in the head um but it's fair you just have to be you know sharp Mm -hmm. but yeah the controls are tight the buttons respond really well um so i i had no complaints about actually being able to control what I was doing the times that I would die is purely because like,
1: well, I screwed up. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you know, double tap a direction to run. You've got uh, B for kick a for punch, both buttons jump. And that's really it. And that's the beauty of it. And like you said, with having two enemies on screen, yeah, it is a hardware limitation, but at the same time, it does allow you to formulate a little bit more strategy. You know, right. I'm going to this guy down. I'm going to go over here and grab this pipe. I'm going to attack this guy. And then I'm going to go back and check on the other guy and whatever. So. Right,
0: right. Yeah. So it's very manageable, very smooth play style. Um, and even though it took me a while to kind of get the hang of it, once I kind of figured out what I was doing, I would say it was, you know, very well made. And then it, it really kind of locked in and made me go, okay, like I, I, I get it and I could form a strategy and really kind of in, in, enjoy what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. It was just that initial hurdle of figuring out what the hell am I doing? Um, you know, and even like, I think the, the girl that you said who comes up and kind of gives you some hints, she tells you, yeah, you're going to have to fight the twins before you get in or something like that. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And like two screens later, I found the twins in the um, construction site. So I beat them up thinking like, oh, I'm making progress. But, then nothing happened, and then I left the screen, went back, and it's like, oh, they're still here. So it didn't yeah. do anything, so it was like, eh, it wasn't really that helpful of a hint after all,
1: and she was referring to you fighting them later, but... Yeah, she's talking about the the other two, but Benny and Clyde happen to be uh, the ones that are right off screen from the bridge, right underneath there. So I can see where you think that, that they're the ones that you have to beat, but... Right. Yeah. So... That's right.
0: Yep, it's, it's a little learning curve, but as I said, that's just kind of the fun of yeah. It, up it, these games that don't have you it
1: eventually. As you, the more you play, you'll discover. Right.
0: And I would rather play a game like this every day of the week than something that's going to hold my hands and tell me where to go, because if I haven't gone on that rant yet, man, it's overdue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you.
0: <laughs> Alright, so anything else you want to cover off on this? Any regional differences, or have you ever played the actual Japanese
1: version? Yeah. Actually, I've, I've played a couple other ones in the series that, that didn't come over here as well. So um, I thought I'd just take a minute and talk a little bit about the differences and some of the other um, games in the series that I'd recommend playing. Okay, go for it. So the uh, Japanese version is, is very similar. The only major difference would be that um, all the characters in the Japanese version have uh, Japanese school uniforms. So, and you you'll see that throughout the series, um, especially on the on the import side, it's very. If if you ever if you're familiar with like Japanese high school type situations, or if you've seen a lot of animes or things like that, where uh, you know there's there's a specific uniform, there's uh, you know in this game different gangs have different color uniforms, stuff like that. Uh, that's really the the major difference, and obviously the character names being different. Uh, but otherwise, it's it's mostly the same in um, the first game is. So um, the nice thing, though, is like we said, there's, there's so many other games in the series. And that's when, when I started to discover these games years ago, as far as the, um, the different ones that never came out here, I found quite a few different ones that were really fun in, in a similar way. Uh, there's a, a sequel to this one, and it's... Uh, let's see if I can pull up the name here. Downtown Special... Kuneo-kun no Jidai Gekei Daiyo Zenin Shugo, which is basically kind of translates into uh, Kunio's period piece, uh, which is basically a samurai drama, and it's okay. it's really fun. Um, so it's basically if you took if you took River City Ransom but put it in the Edo period of like uh, samurai, wandering samurai, and things like that. Uh, that's what that game is. So basically, you travel around uh, Japan and you fight different, uh, different gangs kind of the same way. But in that game, you have a map, and uh, the gangs that you have to beat, they randomly travel between different, different parts of Japan. So you have to travel around the different screens and try to encounter the bosses and uh, defeat them and go on. Hmm. The cool thing about that game is that if you play single player, the AI plays as the second player. So you always have kind of a two-player thing going on, which is really cool. And like you were saying about like in River City Ransom, like you know, getting on top of the trash can and things like that. Like there's all kinds of those little things in uh, the period piece game. For instance, there's like uh, little carts that you can you can get on the back of the cart, and the other player can uh, control it, so you can just like wheel the guy around everywhere. <laughs> so um, there's like waterfalls and secret shops and and different different terrains that you can control. I'd I'd recommend checking that one out. There is a fan translation out there, so you can play it completely in English if you want, which is really fun. Uh, We talked about Nintendo World Cup and Crash in the Boys Street Challenge, but there's another one that was supposed to get localized here originally, but never actually came out because it came out really late. But uh, there's one, it's Ike Ike Neketsu Hakibu, which is basically like Kunio-kun Ice Hockey, Mm -hmm. and it's super good. Um, if you played Nintendo World Cup, if you played those where you pick a team and you and you go, it's the same thing, but with ice hockey, and it's really good.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, the then, Nintendo World Cup I actually never played. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think the hockey one is better, only because it's a later release, so it doesn't have as much of the sprite flickering and stuff going on, like some okay. of, you know, like if you played Super Dodgeball, where the characters tend to flicker a lot. Oh so yeah. That, uh, I think the, the hockey game kind of clears that out, which is good. Hmm. Uh, if you get into the, on the Super NES, on the Super Famicom, there were a couple games that, since there's a whole storyline in the Japanese versions that kind of didn't come over here, um, which is basically, you know, Kunio and Riki are sort of like the all-star delinquents of the high school kind of thing. So um, in the... Super Famicom, one that I played, uh, which is Shodai Naketsu Koha Kunio-kun, is a more, almost like, realistic style of characters. So they're not the super deformed, but they're a little bit taller. Uh, it starts off with uh, Kunio being imprisoned for a crime that he didn't commit. So you start off in jail, and you have to beat up the, the guys in jail with you. It plays almost more like, it kind of plays like Double Dragon 2 on the Game Boy a little bit. It's hard to describe, but the style of uh, punching and kicking is a little bit different. But otherwise, it's kind of similar. The cool thing is that game has, it has like a full story to it. So then there's also uh, some levels where you're uh, riding a motorcycle and you're doing different things. So it kind of varies a little bit. And then recently on the 3DS, there were two games that got released uh, within the last couple of years by Natsume. Uh, River City Tokyo Rumble, which is, again, a very similar game. Um, then recently there was River City Rival Showdown which is sort of a probably the newest remake of River City Ransom and I've been playing through that a little bit now and it's kind of the same as River City Ransom but it gives you a you've got like three days to, to go through the story and so you have kind of a freeform approach to however you want to do it and then at the end of those three days then you would get an ending there's multiple endings and then there's a new new game plus mode So you can carry all your stats into another game and start off stronger which is cool and that game actually has a uh, bonus fighting game mode in it called uh it's it's not return of double dragon but it's something like that it's like double dragon tournament or something like that so you have this entire um fighting game mode with the double dragon music playing the whole time wow it's pretty neat so the good news is like i said if you're a fan of the series it's a series that's still around and there's still games coming out in the same style. So like the graphics still have that kind of eight bit style to them for the most part, but the gameplay is still, uh, exactly what you remember from river city ransom. So those are a few that I'd recommend checking out. There's quite a few other ones in the series too, but odds are if you like river city ransom, um, you'll probably like other games in the series.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at it again. And yeah. as of that's right now, it still says that the, um, the world classics collection is coming to switch this fall um, in Japan at least, but you know, mm-hmm. the switch is region free there um, you go. and I can't count this high, but the total number of games on here, I mean, I'm looking at the list and it's, it's over a dozen different Yeah, ga- games
1: are on here. Uh, 13 or 14, I think in the yeah. collection. So de- definitely
0: worth getting. I mean, it looks like it's got about a 5,800 yen price tag or so, but um, mm-hmm. still, oh eight, 18 game collection. is what it's 18. called.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it, it's almost all the Famicom games, plus probably a couple other ones. Right. Um,
0: yeah. So definitely worth it for sixty bucks or so, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping that hoping that gets localized here in the U.S. But
1: yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's a this is a series that um, you see this style of game everywhere. Uh, you know, if you if you start looking at like more modern games, I guess that I would compare River City Ransom to would be. Uh, things like Castle Crashers and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, the D&D arcade games, and then even stuff like um, Sleeping Dogs and Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Yakuza. They all kind of have those kind of similar elements of beating up enemies, powering up yourself, defeating bosses, and going from there. So right, are Yeah. So I guess this means that you would recommend this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even if you haven't played it before, I think I think anyone... Could pick this up, discover some things about it, and uh, really get hooked quickly.
0: Yeah, and I'll be an advocate for that. I mean, obviously, that's the situation that I was in, so uh, I had a little bit more motivation because I needed to finish it for the show. But I picked it up before that, even so. It's mm-hmm. um, bear with it. Like I said, hopefully, maybe this episode helped you know what to do because it's it's not intuitive. Um, and again, that's that's not a bad thing. That's half the fun and the discovery. But don't let it don't let it frustrate you. Or don't let it cause you to give up because there's there's a lot to it and like figuring out your own little method and your own little path through it is
1: half the fun. So mm. yeah, don't, and I don't, would say a good rule of thumb would be um, if you're not sure how to approach something, um, just try to clear all the enemies away from the screen. And then if, like I said, if you hear the boss music start, you're on the right track. But if nothing else, if you if you've cleared all the enemies and no more appear on that screen, at least you've got money and you can move forward to the next one. So it's kind of a process of trial and error. You'll you'll sort of know what screens you want to stick around and what screens you can just bypass. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to
0: kind of try this game out and don't want anything spoiled for you, then you can always contact us for social media and we can give you any kind of pointers or tips to
1: get you in the right direction without spoiling anything for you. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is a secret shop uh, to discover as well. It's got some extremely expensive items in it, but some of them are... Some of them are worth it, and a couple of them are worthless. So that, again, <laughs> that's that's the fun of it too. Of this game is uh, you know you'll spend a bunch of money on some item only to find out it's completely worthless. Yeah, I think you did that. Right? Once you buy something, didn't really do anything. Was it oh, goal? I do that all the time. That's okay. That's my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that is life. Yeah, you look for I, mean, I almost
0: to- bought a virtual boy. So I mean, what's that tell you? Well, you know, if you want. <laughs>
1: um all right so in there for you too you got what i said i'll I'll put a bottle of headache medicine in the box with the virtual boy too (laughs) only if it's from the same era oh god i want to know what's potent probably pretty bad
0: um all right so i think that just about covers what we've got to say about this uh we could go on longer but you know we'll leave some discussion for social media and whatnot so um we'll wrap up river city ransom and just say that, you know, we've got another graveyard duck challenge already underway. Uh, mm-hmm. as we speak, we do. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, sure. So this was my idea of one to try to get some people in. We're still trying to find games that most people are familiar with and have access to and got the idea to do uh, Mike Tyson's punch out. Mm-hmm. So, or punch out whichever version you want. It doesn't really matter. Um, And the idea was, let's see what the fastest time you can get on Glass Joe is. Mm -hmm. Get a knockout, technical knockout. Doesn't matter. Just as fast as you possibly can. Take that French bugger out and uh, record your score. He's French? He is. Oh, didn't know that. Yep. Huh. From Paris, I believe. Okay. But um, yeah, so that's a fun one. Pretty easy access. It's on virtual consoles. It's available for less than 10 bucks the nes cart it's it's around nes classics are now available i just saw three of them at target yesterday
1: so yeah yeah the, uh, the new shipment is has been released i guess so those should be pretty easy to find so yeah. Uh, yeah you've got punch out on there so
0: yeah i was very shocked to be in target yesterday and find three nes minis two super nes minis and two switches all in mm-hmm. the same little display case like yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah the uh, the stock is pretty much caught up now, so right I mean, that once one you shouldn't have to pay a scalper for it so right so yeah uh,
0: go play some punch out see how fast you can take out Glass Joe post a screenshot of your time to any of our social medias Instagram Facebook, Twitter, what have you mm-hmm. and uh, just put your initials on there and the hashtag graveyard duck challenge
1: and get entered into a contest mm-hmm. and uh... For those of, uh, those of our listeners that probably aren't too familiar with it, uh, what exactly is the contest?
0: So essentially what we do is each of these contests run for one week. So the Punch-Out contest will run through this coming Friday, uh, which I believe is the 20th. Um, mm-hmm. And at that point, I'll take the top five times that have been submitted. You'll get kind of ranked and you'll get points based on where you ranked in that and then I keep a running total of all of the points that, pe- that listeners have accumulated over a um, six challenge period mm-hmm. um, and then at the end of that six challenge period I total up all of the points whichever listener has the most points gets a $10 gift certificate to either the Nintendo eShop, Xbox Live account or PlayStation Network, your choice. Mm-hmm. So Punch cool. Out is our s- uh no i'm sorry our third game yeah now in this round so yeah. still got plenty of time to enter and get uh get your name
1: up there and be a contender so mm-hmm. yeah and it's just a fun way to you know cover some games that we might not talk about on the show but uh you know they're they're classics in their own right and it's fun to kind of reignite that competitive spirit of uh you know trying to beat your friends right so,
0: yeah and you know if you're listening to this episode after the fact and um this challenge is already done hey post your scores anyway because it's still fun to see oh absolutely yeah so all right well when people want to post those scores to our social media or get in touch with us about river city ransom tips or give us show show suggestions or whatever else they want to do Wes, how
1: do they get a hold of us we've got quite a few ways to do that um obviously we've got our facebook group uh graveyard podcast on there uh that's where most people tend to uh, hashtag the uh, Graveyard Duck Challenge um, photos as well. Uh, if you're not on Facebook, no problem. We're on Twitter as well, at Duck Graveyard. Uh, we're on Instagram, Graveyard Duck Podcast. And, of course, you can email us, graveyard duck Podcast at gmail.com. So uh, we're, we're out there, you know, on, on the interwebs. So uh, I'm sure that you'll see us probably on one of your uh, favorite social media channels, maybe yeah uh, you know just kind of depends so we've got a discord as well so uh, uh got some good discussions going on over there too so um uh, periodically we post the link to the discord as well so uh, you know if you want to just get in and, and chat about different games uh, we've got a lot of good discussions going on there too so uh, not only there's not only retro talk over there but um you know a lot of you know what are you playing currently uh, things like that so uh, that's more of an all-encompassing discussion i guess but I said, we're, we're fans of a lot of different games. So uh, we enjoy talking about that with other people. So I uh, hope you enjoy it as well. Absolutely. So,
0: all right, we got another good episode coming up in two weeks. Uh, we're going back to my pick, and mm-hmm. I think it's a good one.
1: It's a very good one. In fact, it was one that I probably would have picked eventually because it's one of my favorites. So I'm excited to talk about it, excited to play it, and, uh, yeah, look forward to it. It's, uh, it, it. It was a big game. And it's time and uh, part of a, a big push uh, for a, a giant revival of, of a film. So look forward to it. And uh, I won't say anything more because I don't want to spoil it. Yep.
0: All righty. So look forward to that. Follow us on social medias and all the other things. You, you know the r-
1: routine by now. So yeah. until then, uh, I'm Scott. And I'm Wes. And don't forget to try anything. You can make your own exciting game. Anything may be possible. But don't forget, you'll have to be strong. Good luck. Game over.